0: Hello, peers, and welcome back to another episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. This week's guest is a New York-based tech entrepreneur, social justice advocate, and public speaker. But today, we're asking who she was before. As the co-founder and CEO of Forefront, your Kendi Valdez helps employers, schools, and youth nonprofits prepare for the next generation of workforce but it was what she witnessed as a child in the Dominican Republic that pushed her to break the box society confined her in. In today's episode, Yolkendi discusses her experience with cultural identity as a child, how to find your brand, and how Forefront is changing cultural bias in the workforce. For those of you who haven't yet, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs. Okay, without further ado, welcome Yulkendi. Kendi. Kendi, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today.
1: So honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Of course. So, you know, when I looked into you and we connected via LinkedIn and when I looked into you and all the amazing work you're doing and the ed tech and future of workspace, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Oh, thank you. So kind. No, I'm excited to, you know, be vulnerable with you and and share this, this space and hopefully folks listening can take away something from it.
0: I'm sure they definitely will. Amazing. So, look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. So, hello, everybody. My name is Yulkendi Valdez. Um, I'm an entrepreneur focused on social impact and diversity, equity, and inclusion. And right now, I help young people land meaningful employment and expand their social capital Using the power of chatbots. So the same way we use a Siri to point out the best restaurants in town, we use the same technology to help people with their careers get help with their resume, their interviews, and get connected to industry mentors um, in the spaces they want to land jobs.
0: I love it. Oh, my goodness. It's so, your work is so interesting. I can't wait to dive deeper into it. But I guess before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing, and that is, where did you grow up and how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far?
1: Yeah, no, I was born in a small town in the Dominican Republic called Haina. And I I always say I was the outcome of, of teenage love gone wrong. My parents had me at a very young age, and I ended up growing up with my grandparents. So I grew up being around old people all the time, my, my grandparents' friends. So I was always thinking years ahead. And I, I think that's where the visionary kind of personality came out in me. And I always wanted to just fix systems, make them more inclusive and accessible for all for everybody, and that really had to do with my um, growing up in in Dominican Republic in the
0: Caribbean. It's so amazing when I read that about you. I was like, wow! Like, what a place to grow up. You know, what was what was your life like at the very early age? You know, talk to us about your candy. You know, in primary school, heading into you know high school, what was your life like? And I guess you know you mentioned that you always had this need to fix things? You know, did that stem from there?
1: Yeah. So it definitely started there. And then I moved to the United States at the age of 11. So, um, you know, partly of why I was always living in the future, I I was waiting on my visa to finally reunite with my parents. And when I came, I thought I was going to be at Dominican York, see big buildings, and enjoy the city, but I actually ended up moving to the Midwest, Missouri, in the middle of the states, where there weren't a lot of people that looked like me. So I went from being like this visionary, optimistic kid to wanting action now, and I think that's where the, uh, the activism in me uh, wanted to, to spark. Uh, living in Missouri now, you know, we're Famous, infamous uh, for for what happened really at the beginnings of the Black Lives Matter movement with Michael Brown and the death of another black young man at the hands of the police. And I lived ten minutes away from when that happened. I went to school in that in the Ferguson uh, school district. So for me. Uh, that was a, a wake-up call. I have brothers that look just like Michael. And I said, you know, I can't have another day where there are risks risk of being the next person that land in, in the news. And so that's when I started to think through what can I do uh, to not only have these great ideas, but actually uh, help people in, in, in my community. And that's really my experiences as an immigrant, being part of a low-income family and having to navigate through those challenges myself
0: it's so powerful that you're yeah that this is kind of your story and this is what you're going through you know what I guess if we dive a bit deeper into that, you know, how did you feel when you landed there at 11? You looked so different to everyone else. And I totally understand what that means. And, you know, you had to navigate this new country, uh, language and, and everything. And, you know, how did that stack up for you at the time? It's a long time ago, but.
1: Yeah, you're taking me back. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was, I was separated for six years from my mom. So I didn't explain the gap that happened there. And so it was a, a very emotional way to finally be with my mom, to be part of a nuclear family. You know, now I had a mom and stepdad, little, um, little siblings. And it, w- it was a lot. I didn't know a word of English. And I actually ended up picking uh, the spelling bee competition. And that was my way to really get confident with the language so um, a lot of my middle school years were reading the dictionary, letter A through Z, and reading uh, literature that I really didn't understand, but I just wanted to soak in the words. And then also Disney Channel was good. I went from uh, very dramatic Spanish soap operas to Disney Channel because I wanted to learn English so bad. And um, I ended up doing really well in those competitions. And I ended up representing the state of Missouri and the National Spelling Bee. So I always say my life was a little bit like that movie Aquila and the Bee, um, and uh that that got popular. But that also was another wake up call for me. I think my life and and you know bre- uh broken down into transformative moments and the spelling bee was another one because even though I, you know, represented the state um in Washington DC, I was the only Afro Latina there definitely the only Dominican and all the articles about me will be immigrant of the day or or Dominican of the day and I I, I, that's when I realized I was in a box sort of why was that the only thing about me and in the comment section there were you know definitely a lot of support but as a 14 year old I, I saw comments like Go get, uh, don't take our jobs, or go back to your country. So it was another moment where I learned I was in a box and I had to break it, and I had to find a way. And, and and so that's what really accelerated me, really going this 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 path that I'm on now.
0: It's so interesting, and I think you know, even looking at what you went on to study in college and all of that, it, it actually just makes a lot of sense why something like entrepreneurship was so appealing to you. So I guess, talk to us about that. You know, where did that, you know, you went to Babson College, I saw, and, and, you know, it's the number one school for entrepreneurship and, and you really kind of threw yourself into business and, and, and building things, you know, talk to us a little bit about that time there in college. And I guess, what did it teach you about yourself and the world around you?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I said, Hey, I, I know there clearly a lot of problems to solve. I experienced it myself. Some of them I see on the news from my peers, but I don't know the business behind it. I don't really understand how the systems work. And that's why I, I decided to, to ultimately go to business school, but I didn't want to go to any any business school because I knew down the line, I really wanted to build my, my own thing that was more about impact rather than, than just making money. And so that's how I ended up Babson, uh, right outside of Boston. And so it took me from the Midwest, finally to the East Coast, where there, were, there was more diversity and more people like me. So definitely a lot of excitement and I got to step into myself, right? And understand more how can I express myself as a woman of color, um, as, as both Black and Latina and how I should navigate different spaces but also it was a time where I said, Hey, I've, I have the resources. It's time to get to action. So I, I decided to build an organization right off the bat and decided to find a team around me. And luckily in college, I found another first generation college student, low income kid from the Dominican Republic that had a lot of these similar ambitions. And we got to work and the rest is history. Uh, we ended up going full time with our company, which which is now Forefront. And now we're doing a lot of work to help young people with our careers, but we've been through so many transitions, through many pivots, but ultimately we have always have been in search of how do we build a more inclusive, equitable business community. Uh, and that has been the guiding light as, as we wake up to do this work every day.
0: I just find it so fascinating how, you know, straight out of, you know, straight into college, you knew kind of exactly what you wanted to do. You know, you you were like, you know what, well, I want to build a social impact company. I don't really know exactly what that is yet, but I'm going to figure it out. You found your co-founder super early. You know, most of the time it's not like that, you know, for our peers out there listening who perhaps they're headed into college or they're in college and they're just like, I just don't even know what I want to be doing. Like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't even know what I'm passionate about. Like, I just have no idea. What advice would you give to them?
1: Yeah, I think they're, you know, we want to put some logic to building a business. Like we, we want to make it as as much as much of a rational thought as possible, right? It's it's an idea, either works or, or it doesn't. But in the reality, at the beginning, it's more of a, a gut feeling. It's very rational. And so it's all about getting out there and experiencing as much as you can, because that's how you're going to figure out what really makes you tick, what makes you want to break the walls down and try to... Uh, experiment and, and 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 fix and that has to be a very authentic experience you can't force that you know you can't sit and 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 trap yourself in a room i'm gonna come up with an idea my next million dollar um unicorn or billion dollars, I should say, doesn't happen like that. usually comes out of a real problem, a real struggle that you personally have, and then then you realize there's a big market around you. So for us, I think we travel a lot. We did as many experiential, immersive experiences as possible, Uh, grew our network a ton. I, I talked to people across different industries and just listen and see what piqued my interest. And also had very uh, real experience and, on my own and make sure that I took time to reflect them uh, and understand how I felt about them. And that's how ultimately we came up with something that, that was feasible and turned into a business.
0: So I find that super interesting. I think even outside of that, you know, even outside of business, even outside of, you know, business itself and, and building it, a company coming up with ideas, you know, how can we figure out even what we want to do with our lives? Like you just even like, is it business? Is it building an impact, high impact company? Or is it law? And how do I have to navigate that? Like, I guess what, what advice would you give on that?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's, it's remembering that everybody has their own timeline. You know, I get approached all the time. It's like, hey, should I do it now or should I get a nine to five um, so I can lock down some stability? When in reality, you know, I, I wish I, ha- I stuck to, to my timeline, but that's not how it works. It's just the time comes to you and then it's just a decision moment. Are you going to take advantage? Uh, of that opportunity in front of you, or are you going to pass on it for for now? I think there's a lot of shame and guilt sometimes when when we do some things over the others, and there shouldn't be. Uh, Eventually, we get to to our path, our passions, and what we're supposed to be doing. It's just, we go different ways about it. For me, it meant now, and I'm just using um, a lot of my 20s to build, to fail uh, and get back up. I call it a, a free, it's a free MBA. It's just a lot of messing up, a lot of awkward moments, but a lot of highs, a lot of lows uh, because it's, it's it's very vulnerable process. Um, you know, a business is like a baby. So I just grown a lot of humility from it to say the le- least. Um, and I've been privileged that even even though I've, I do come from a family with, with humble beginnings and means, they're there for me. And they said, hey, uh, we support you. So I, I knew I, I had the opportunity to, to do it now. So it's all about what is possible for you, follow your gut and, and having a, a village community around you that supports you.
0: Oh, I love it. And I just love your energy. I think you seem, you're, you're just so grounded and you're so true to yourself and who you are. You know, where do you think, do you think that was cultivated by, like when you were building the business and all of that? Or, or, you know, where do you think that comes from for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of, fake it to your make it right it's about battling those imposter syndromes i i definitely created an alter ego around myself um i think by my, my family helped because you know in spanish they use all four names so it's like so the beginning especially when they're mad at you That are like, say the whole name. And so for me, Yulkendi, Lene Valdez Valdez, and they used to say it with so much confidence. Then I took that and I'm actually, I can use that. I am. I am the only one that's, you know, bringing this particular opinion and voice to the table. So my friends make fun of me, but whenever I'm getting ready, I just say my name like loud and and confident and and I own who I am. And and I bring that in the room knowing that I'm the only one that's going to bring that perspective. So. Uh, there's times, you know, where that you get intimidated, where I'm like, oh, I'm going to be the youngest in the room. I'm going to be the only person of color in the room. I'm only going to be the only woman. But any time I try to hide parts of what truly makes me me, I, I didn't succeed, you know. And, and so ultimately, uh, the key is remembering that authenticity is that key to success, and building a long-term uh, legacy, but it does take practice. You gotta pump yourself up, build an alter ego, and just get out there.
0: How can we get better at owning who we are?
1: It's 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 yeah. It's about facing that fear, right? And and always putting that your story forward. How you wanna how you want others to speak about you. So you know, I'm very open about being an immigrant or being a uh, a daughter of teenage parents of being low income. You know, for some, th- that might be stigmas or labels that are highly political. But I make them personal, and um, and I stay in control of my own narrative. So, what's the best thing to do is really figure out that narrative you want to bring to the table and say it every time. Every you you can never assume someone knows based on what they might've seen online, you got to tell them and remind them. And that's how you start building that that brand, but also that comfort with, with yourself.
0: I actually just could not agree more. You guys can't see me, but I'm furiously nodding my head just because it's just so true. And it, it can be so hard though, but I think exactly what you said, just doing it over and over again and reminding yourself and building up that kind of alter ego I find it, yeah, I find that so valuable. So I'd love to dive a bit deeper into Forefront. You know, the company officially launched when you graduated in 2017. You know, talk to us a little bit about those early days, those those early challenges. You mentioned that, you know, this experience humbled you and humbles really everyone in it. You know, talk to us a little bit about the early days. Yeah,
1: no, I mean... It was, it was super, super scary. I remember getting the first $5,000 check for the summer after graduation, and we literally had to go to this investor's loft in New York City. And we were met by his butler, and it was the most intimidated scene. You know, being where both of us are, are low income kids, we don't have access to to friends and family's capital. And I, I don't, I, we just I don't remember what I blurred out, but it was definitely passion. Again, that's with the humility and, and vulnerability and putting yourself out there. And at the end of that day, we had five thousand dollars in our first new account, and it, it was all about okay, five thousand dollars. Gets us through the summer. How do you get more capital? But it's leaving you, leaving with, you know, that instability is tough, right? especially when my other option I would have, have a very I would have had a very comfortable consulting salary i mean i went to business school but <laughs> again i'm choosing this 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 route so it takes a lot of trust on 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 my co-founder the team you put around you and also a lot of mentors both peer mentors and senior mentors to help you navigate those those tough moments but we got we we got lucky that a lot of people were willing to champion us from from day one. So a lot of the work we did in the beginning was work with companies like an SAP or Accenture to help them with their diversity inclusion initiatives. So there we were working both with business leaders, young professionals, and doing a lot of work around how do we mitigate bias in hiring and retention engagement. So that really laid the foundation because we got to connect and learn from so many people about their experiences and so we said you know how can we scale this how can we use technology we weren't technology people but again we got the resources that we needed now we have an engineering team and now we're essentially helping young professionals navigate the the corporate workplace and making sure they have the skills resources and social capitals they need to land a job and after after they get there but again, it wasn't it wasn't a set business plan at the beginning. It it just took a lot of listening along the way to get to where we are today.
0: What do you feel was your most was your greatest failure to date in this journey?
1: I mean, so many we remember. I think it, it's it's overwhelming. Um, it's a lot where you're meeting so many people and you put a lot in your plate and there's this whole romanticization about startups and how they're supposed to grow super, super quickly. So um, I remember having meetings where they were back to back and I was, we were not as prepared as we should be because we were trying to do a lot or you know, not being prepared for certain moments where they're supposed to be your big moments, but then you have project after project. So definitely learning how, when to say no or or yes, and again, remembering that it's our own timeline. It's not about following any other timelines and it's about what metrics are important for us to, to measure. When you start listening to the noise, why other people say it's very easy to, to get distracted. But those were failures that were needed again to, to make us even a better better team.
0: How can we get better at not listening to the noise?
1: I, I think it's still good to take in, right? I've, I've meet with as many people with different opinions as possible. So so I, I do encourage everyone to do that. But at one point, you um, and a friend was reminding me of, of this lately, where you know when something's right again it feels like it got someone's giving that advice and like that one's it like you're not really you know it in your heart and that's when you know you're um you're definitely going in the right direction. But when you're hearing an advice and like your blood starts pulsing and you're not like, you know, that's not it. Just because this person is a PhD or an expert or whatever, doesn't mean it. You you, you got a sign and you should follow it. So it's, it's really about, again, back to that gut irrational feeling. It's not as logic um, as we
0: think. It's just so true, I think people think it, it's almost like the specific business plan or because that person's that person or they work at that company, they must know absolutely everything. And it's its exactly what you said. It's almost like just taking, like respecting everyone's thoughts and, 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 and opinions and advice, but at the same time, actually tuning into you. When do you feel like you best tuned into you?
1: In a pre-pandemic world, I, 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 I love to travel. I think I have take a global perspective to my work that keeps me grounded on how interconnected we are and how all the systems work with each other. And and that that helps my creativity as well. So I, I definitely, when I travel, when I'm experiencing something new, talking to people that are different, that's when I feel more tuned in. With myself, obviously now, That you can't do that. I had to adjust uh, my my self care uh, practices uh, um, a little bit, but definitely good. I got to spend more time with with family, so I now feel more tuning in. I have a a little ten year old brother, and I think about him and when he's gonna get his first job and how I want the world to look like. So I'm able to really ground myself anytime I'm, I'm with him, and that's a good reminder. But also, you know making sure, um, taking daily walks. And it's getting harder now that it's (laughs) October. But, you know, definitely finding those times to always reflect. And also, I I make sure that my team, we also get to connect informally because it can be business, business. But we also are very transparent about any challenge ahead and about Fighting it together, which which also helps.
0: Oh, I love it! I want to work with you guys. <laughs> sure, that's what many <laughs> of our peers listening are thinking. Oh my goodness, we could talk forever. I've I've got a couple, of few questions as we start to wrap up. The first one being, what has been, I guess, the best and the worst thing about you know building your company and your and your business today?
1: Yeah. So, uh, best thing is. I met so many great people, young, old, every industry. It's just no day was the same because I got to really identify with other people's passions, skills, and interests. So whenever, um, I think whenever you're building something, it's easy to just take your head down. But again, I I get so much more value when I have that collaborative community mindset first. Um, And also, that sends my social capital when I can take it to my next business. I mean, you never know who might be your next business partner or, or teammate. Uh, so that's been great. Uh, the worst thing, I mean, that's tough. That's tough one. I, I mean, I think you can never be off when you're running. It's, it's definitely takes over you. It's, it's tough. So it's always getting a reminder of, you know, really, really, this is the moment to turn it off. And, and luckily I have people around me that that hold it, that hold me accountable uh, for that.
0: It's so interesting. I love how you, a lot of you even and your experience and your journey is always linked back to these people in the different countries and, and all of that kind of stuff. How can we find our tribe or our people?
1: Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, now everything is moving to, to this digital space. But definitely taking some time, at least once a week, once a month, to leverage social media tools. I like I uh, like LinkedIn a lot, but even you know Instagram if if you're more creative or or, or or Twitter and look through people that that inspire you and start following those profiles because essentially you can see you know what worked for them, what didn't, and that's how. Easily, organically, I find out a lot about different opportunities that were out there. And then you start joining these communities and always get those additional intros. You always, you know, got to ask to get that next connection. And I'm an introvert, you know, I am. Okay, wow. I don't. <laughs> okay, I just I out. <laughs> so, but it's just, you got to be intentional mm-hmm. about um, making critical connections people community is 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 still how things truly get done so even if you're an introvert uh, if that means just more one-on-one and if that means you block out certain times for it do whatever you have to do but but make time for reaching out to new people every month every three months or so uh, even if if it's in this new digital space i think for introverts it's even easier Usually get high a little more, but I definitely miss in person events because that also feels more more authentic and less transactional. But it's just figure out a way to to do it because that's truly important.
0: Mm. I love that. Oh, your are Look, over the last couple of years in business, you've really gone from strength to strength. You've received so much recognition for your work. You've been featured on the Forbes thirty under thirty list. The Latino thirty under thirty recipient by El Mundo, just to name a few. You know, what are the three key pieces of advice that you wish, that you give to our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out?
1: Yeah, I mean, even, uh, I can't say it enough, just just meet more people and definitely uh, put yourself first, be in control of your, your narrative. I think I've gotten to where I am because now people Know who I am, want to champion me for these opportunities. But the reason they do is because I put myself out there again and again. But but then lastly, know when to pull back. It can be exhausting. It can be draining. Uh, and that's why I travel. That's why I take the time to remove myself from my day-to-day and learn about what's going on around the world with other people and then come back even more inspire and for me it's travel but for some it can be cooking or planning arts whatever it is for you find time to do it and come back re-energize
0: i love it look i just want to take a moment to acknowledge you your for the phenomenal work that you've done and that you're doing you know i think you really show us especially us women of color and just even young women in general that if we have a vision or if we have a dream we actually can go out and make it happen. It's not some fantasy thing. We can actually turn it into our reality. And for that, we really appreciate you.
1: Thank you. I had so much fun and and I appreciate you really asking deeper questions and, and diving deep into my story with me.
0: I love it. Of course. So the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about
1: that's easy i would say one word happiness it's it's about i I, it's two words i would cheat happiness and and your own personal freedom it it feels good it feels good where when you really are able to show up and be yourself and build the world that that you imagined and and so that's why i do it
0: ah I love it. Yulkendi, candy, ladies and gentlemen, oh my goodness, we have had a blast. Where can people learn more about you and Forefront?
1: Yeah, please go to www.getforefront.co. Uh You can also visit my, my website, yulkendivaldes.com. I would love to get in touch.
0: Amazing. We'll link them up in the show notes. Thanks so much again. It's been so awesome. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more... Make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify or any app where podcasts are played and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, Peers. Until then, if you need inspiration look amongst your peers.